0: I hope you don't mind me sharing um, a lot of examples that I give this morning will be from my journey. Um, so I hope you don't mind that. <coughs> Pardon. Okay. Thank you very much. <clears throat> there are times in our lives when it's as though our our thought our um, I suppose our lives stop for a few seconds, and our memory takes a picture of a significant time, and that frame remains with us um, probably for the rest of our lives. <clears throat> and one of those times for me was the funeral of Shelley, who was my wife. I've got three daughters and four sons, and I remember. And this time, is, it's like a, a snapshot has taken in my, my memory. I remember us four, or the four of us, the boys, standing together with our arms over each other. And uh, we just stood there and watched Shelley leave in the coffin, in, in, the, um, in the hearse. And uh, that was um, something that's always stuck in my mind. Uh, we were linked shoulders at the time. There were many um, uncertainties at that time for me, especially with COVID being there, but I had a real sense of comfort and unity at that time. As as a family, we said our goodbyes to Shelley. Shelley had been unwell for around 10 years, and that was through developing uh, two brain tumours and. After the first brain tumour was removed, the Royal gave Shelley as much radiation as a person was able to have in a lifetime, <clears throat> just hopefully to stop that tumour from coming back. The radiation continued working for around five years and the result was that Shelley slowly lost her personality. <clears throat> if it wasn't for the hev- my Heavenly Father, as the Apostle Paul says, Um, who was the father of all comfort and compassion, I would probably be a grumpy old man now. (laughs) So all glory to him. I'd like to read uh, a couple of verses that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. It's 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. And he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all compassion, And the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God gives us grace in our troubles so that we can pass that grace on, um, the, the grace that we've received to others. When we look a little bit closer at these verses these two verses um, there's a few things that jump out at us <clears throat> well they do to me anyway the first one is that jesus father who is our heavenly father is the father of all compassion and comfort god said it about himself and he cannot lie <clears throat> in the book of exodus Chapter 33 and 34, Moses is standing there on the mountain with God and he he says, show me your glory, Lord. And just after he said that, the Lord descended in a cloud and he stood there with Moses. Now, that would have been incredible. And then he passed in front of Moses and he proclaimed, and I believe it was in a loud voice. because every reference that we see when God speaks it's like thunder so it would have been a loud voice the Lord the Lord God God compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness to thousands who forgives iniquity transgressions and sin yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished so we have both the love of God And we have the justice of God um, being expressed in His character. It was a unique time, for in the past the Lord had only given glimpses of who He was. When He talked to Moses, and Moses said, "Who do I say the people to the people who You are? I am has sent you. I am who I am." Then we have the consonants yod hei vav hei, which the scholars say is the word um, Yahweh and this is God's eternal name we have also Jehovah Jireh God who provides on the mountain and there are lots of other I suppose glimpses of the character of God in his names we have on the mountain with Moses this was the Lord expressing in language his character his heart who he really was is and that for the first time remember he said he was compassionate and gracious abounding in loving-kindness in the New Testament we see Jesus teaching the same thing um, but with a practical side to it he said blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted and this is God who's going to comfort them I remember the first night after the, the funeral I laid in bed And I was a mess. I was. All that comfort and unity that I I felt uh, as us guys held each other and we watched Shelley leave was gone. Um, I felt full of fear. I was lonely. I was distressed. I panicked. I even got to the point where I was starting to hyperventilate. I was in such a mess. I couldn't see any light at all in that situation. And the thought came to me, and I believe it was of the Lord, Matthew 28. And the words in Matthew 28 that I remember were, I am with you always. And then the other words came, I will never leave you or forsake you. And eventually through these words, and I suppose through being very tired, um, the panic subsided. And I only fell asleep. But the truth of these promises haven't left me today, um, and when I need reassurance, I go back to those promises, and they reassure me that God is never going to leave me or forsake me. And in fact, um, these truths have brought healing to me in other areas of my life um, I, after that time. There are times when I felt as though I was alone. As a boy, my father died when I was young, and I always felt that I did life on my own. And the Lord showed me that He had always been there, He had never left me or forsaken me. <clears throat> so that was um, a healing time for me. How does this apply to, to not just me, but to all of us? God does not lie and this he says about himself that he is compassionate and gracious abounding in loving kindness it's true our enemy would like us to believe differently but that's who the Lord really is so in those times we have to push past our emotions because with um, these kind of situations when we're grieving there's lots of emotions so we need to push past our emotions And the lies of the enemy and we need to hold on to the truth that God is compassionate and that he does love us and he he will he won't leave us the second thing that to me that jumps out of this passage is that God comforts all um, God comforts us in all our troubles Um, grief comes in many different ways Sometimes it's the end of a significant relationship that brings grief. Uh, The loss of job, if you've been working for 30 years in a job, that can be a grievous thing. Retirement can be something that brings grief because your self-worth is a part of the work that you've done for so many years. Uprooting a family and taking them to another town or state can bring grief to members of the family, especially when they lose friends or family that they've um, depended on. The death of a loved one. Divorce is another time that brings much grief. Terminal illness. And even having to leave your church family can be very painful. How do we know that God is able to comfort us in our troubles? I think for me, the, the, um, the best thing is, is that he made us in the first place. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So um, we can go to somebody who, who made us. And so we can go to him and, and know that he's going to um, comfort us in our troubles? Does he really know the grief and sorrow, the pain, the trauma that we go through as humans? I'd like to take you to a passage in the Old Testament which you all probably know and heard before, but and it's Isaiah 53. Listen carefully to the prophetic words about Jesus that it has. <clears throat> he was despised and rejected by mankind. he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed we all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all he was oppressed and aff- afflicted yet we did not so to answer that question yes the Lord does understand our grief our sorrow our pain our trauma he has experienced it just like we have there are times in our grief or times that we have grief then when it's because of our own sin as well remember Peter's denial of Jesus Peter acknowledged his denial with bitter weeping according to Luke he was weeping um, his weeping was very uncontrolled and it was because of his utter despair but after his resurrection Jesus appeared to Peter and there was repentance by Peter and there was restoration by Jesus and we see the fruit of this repentance in Acts where Peter is on fire for the Lord and he preaches and he probably preached to people that he had disowned the Lord and denied the Lord in front of and he preached and uh, 5,000 people um, repented and were baptized and become Christians. So we see a, a, a change in Peter because of that repentance and restoration. We see a different picture in, with Judas. He became the guide who, of those who arrested Jesus, and he regretted what he had done. And he went to the temple and he cast his money back in the temple, and he went out and he hung himself. <clears throat> Paul in two Corinthians seven ten says, "Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and not regret, but worldly sorrow brings death." In our grief from sin, it must lead to repentance and life, not regret. For regret only brings death. I remember the time that followed Shelley's death. There was a lot of deep self reflection of my part. I looked into the, I suppose, look back at the early days of our marriage. As I suppose if anybody dies, you think about. Um, what it was like to be with them and um, what you did, what you said, all those kind of things. And so I I look back on those things and I saw a lot of self-centeredness in our early days. I thought my opinion was right most of the time. Um, But now I see that Shelley had an understanding and an intuition that I never had. And I still don't have <clears throat> and I recognized this because I see it in her daughters my daughters as well <laughs> and I think that's the thing it's interesting that we see things after the fact <clears throat> and I see her her intuition and her understanding coming out in their daughters As Shelley was losing her personality, um, I used to say to the Lord, um, I I suppose I was feeling sorry for myself and I'd say, I'm just a domestic in this marriage, Lord. And uh, now, with much shame, I remember even saying to the Lord, I wish I wasn't married. How self-centered I was. And after Shelly's passing, I was guilt-stricken and totally ashamed of my self-centeredness, my thoughts, my words. And I had a real desperation because I couldn't go to Shelly and ask her to forgive me. And she was the one that God had given me as a wife to love and to give my life for. And I missed my opportunity to ask her to forgive me. So all I could do was, I went down to her graveside, and that was the closest I could get to her. <clears throat> and I repented and confessed my sin to the Lord. <clears throat> and I knew that he'd forgiven me. Even though there is sadness when I think about these things, I know God has forgiven me because the blood of Jesus cleanses our conscience and Um, takes away that guilt and that's what happened can I say keep short accounts while your loved ones are still around can I say another can I say as well (laughs) Um, I also thought at, at times if only I'd been a better Christian if only I had prayed more if only I had have fasted and been closer to God, <clears throat> um, maybe Shelley would have still been um, alive. She would have been healed. But we really need to leave our if-onlys and our maybes with the Lord. All we can do is commit our loved ones into his loving hands. And it's the Lord who decides what he will do or what he won't do. And our response is to trust Him. We've already seen, firstly, that our Heavenly Father is the Father of all compassion and comfort. And secondly, that God comforts us in all our troubles as we trust Him. And the third thing that jumps out to me, and to you as well, is that we are comforted by God so that we can comfort those who are going through troubles and grief <clears throat> a year or so after Shelley's death our house was costing too much to maintain and heat and there was only a few of us living in this big house and so I had to sell and the house was just probably more than just a little rundown and I received an unbelievable blessing from the Lord <clears throat> and this blessing I, I never expected And that was Jeff and Vicky. (coughs) They offered to come and help me renovate my house. (coughs) And they helped me choose the real estate, the real estate agent. They helped me choose paint. Um, Jeff painted right through the whole house. And Vicky helped me install blinds. We put the new blinds up and did that together. All that I needed to, to do to sell this house, they helped me with. So Vicki and and Jeff were a gift from the Lord that I'll always remember. What about the future? Can we still know and count on God's compassion and comfort for the future? The answer is a big yes. God cannot deny himself. He is the father of compassion and all comfort and that will never change. It's his nature. So we will continue to experience his comfort and his help as we continue to seek him and place our faith in him. We will also continue to see his compassion and help in practical ways through the body of Christ. The Lord will motivate people to show love um, to us as we we need that help. There were friends and family who also reminded me that Shelley is with the Lord and that when the Lord returns there will be a a giant reunion of all our loved ones and that's talked about in 1 Thessalonians 4 13 and 14 it's um, some verses that I've read lots both in study and to encourage myself as well and this is what it says brothers and sisters we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope for we believe that jesus died and rose again and and so we believe that god will bring with him with jesus those who have fallen asleep in him we may grieve but we grieve in hope hope of their resurrection and hope that we will um, once again be united with them with God hope is not a wish it's a future fact we also have a part to play in our future Uh, George Guthrie who comments on the chronological Bible, he says Christ is our role model and we need to stay focused on God, not ourselves and not our struggles. He challenges us to persevere in our faith and have a clear picture of Jesus. This picture is that Jesus knows and understands what we're going through because he's already been through them. That's the picture we need to have, a clear picture of Jesus. Can I conclude with a few thoughts from Hebrews 3 and 4? The writer of Hebrews writes, consider Jesus who was faithful to the one who appointed him. Jesus has been through um, sorrow and grief. How did he respond to our Heavenly Father? Peter tells us because he was there it's incredible that he was there and so he saw that response um, of Jesus 1 Peter 2:23 says when they hurled their insults at him he did not retaliate when he suffered he made no threats instead he trusted himself to him who judges justly our heavenly father The second thing we see here is that the Holy Spirit speaks and the Holy Spirit says um, three times, so it must be important, once is enough for the Holy Spirit but three times it's triply important and he says don't harden your hearts, don't harden your hearts, don't harden your hearts, Um, don't be hardened by sins deception this leads to unbelief disobedience and rebellion and because of this we won't enter into god's rest jesus said in matthew 11 come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest we will miss out on god's rest because of our hard hearts so listen to the holy spirit don't harden your, our hearts the third thing we see here is the Word of God. The Word of God is living and active, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And when we're emotional and, and going through grief and all those things, we don't think straight. Our emotions guide us a lot of the time. And so we need to be in the Word. We need to be um, listening to what the Word's saying. It'll tell us how to think, how to to, um, to respond, how to act. And then the last thing it says is to pray. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So those four things are really important for us, um, especially if we're grieving, to, to, um, to hold on to. First, when we're grieving to consider Jesus, Um, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly, our Heavenly Father. When we're grieving, the Holy Spirit says, don't harden your hearts because you'll end up um, in unbelief, disobedience and rebellion. And we'll miss out on God's rest for those periods in our life. We need to be in the word when we're grieving because it's the only thing that's going to keep us on track. It'll tell us how we are to think and what the truth is um, as we stay in the word. And the last thing is we, we definitely got to pray. When we're grieving we need to go to God. We need to go to his throne of grace with confidence and receive help in our time of need. So important. These Words are for everyday life, but I think that they're, they're amplified or they're more important um, when we're grieving. Can I leave you with, with two verses from Isaiah 57 that i found really helpful in the loss of Shelley. She was 56 when she died, so she was only a, a spring chicken. <clears throat> the righteous perish and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away. And no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Those who walk uprightly enter into peace and they find rest as they lie in death. That line that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil has been a comfort for me. Thank you.